This episode of the podcast is another one of those board meeting episodes where I touch base with Cullen, who is currently on the other side of the world. We catch up on work, life, and current events, and in typical Cullen fashion, he calls it like he sees it. During this episode, we have an incredibly wide-ranging conversation during which we talk about the next few notice projects that's going to take us into the fall, how retail and brick and mortar shopping is going to change, and how we are each dealing with working from home, which, by the way, is not that hard for Colin because he's been hiding in his hole at home for three years and social distancing for 20. We also discuss the disaster, which is the SBA loan and small business stimulus plan from the U.S. government. We talk about the things we miss the most about pre-pandemic times, and we discuss the important role that American businesses and corporations play in lending a helping hand during this crisis. This is perhaps the single most transformative event that has ever happened and might ever happen in our lives. And we take this chance to talk to each other, obviously as business partners, but more importantly as friends, which I think everyone needs to do more of. So once this episode is done, I encourage you to give a friend or family member a call to say hey and let them know you're thinking about them and to share this podcast. Just kidding on that last part. Anyways, sit back, relax, and listen up. So what's new, man? You said you uh, you felt an earthquake? Yeah, it was like last night it was a uh, 12.03. I was uh, sleeping, you know, really, really deeply in my, my nice soft bed. I got new sheets. And then suddenly I feel this fucking rumbling. I'm like, and then I wake up like, huh, what is that? Then I get really scared. Then I shit my pants. Yeah, so I realized uh, it was a damn earthquake. It lasted like 15 seconds. I'm like, holy shit. It's an earthquake. We never get those in LA. Where was the epicenter? Was it in LA or was it like north or? Uh, I think there was an earthquake like a year ago. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember where it was, but is it the same area? Um. Oh no, it wasn't that one. It was um a three point seven near Inglewood, so it was really close. Oh, three point seven though, not bad. But dude, I've been thinking a lot about this because of the the situation with the shutdown, like all, all of us have been warned about these pandemics and global disasters for many years. And I, I, I talked to Dallas about this on the podcast too, but basically I've been thinking all these scientists warning us, warning us of all this shit. They're also warning us about LA sliding into the ocean. Maybe it's time we up and leave. Like, shouldn't we get the fuck out of there before Los Angeles just takes a dip into the ocean? Is this the big one? Is that the same thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I because, mean, I mean, they're, all, the, all these smart scientific people are warning us about the exact same stuff, right? Pandemics and uh, climate change, overpopulation. These same people are warning us about LA just taking a dip. So I'm thinking, man, we should get the fuck out of there before us and all of our watches go into the water. Where to, though? Yeah, I guess that's a good question. I've always been curious about Montana. Hell no, dude. <laughs> what about Salt Lake City? That's a nice city. You want to deal with Utah? Yeah, it's nice. Those uh, salt lakes. Um, it's a quiet city. Your kind won't be accepted in, in, in Utah, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What beer are you drinking? Uh, it's a delicious IPA by Stone. Nice. Are you sick of it yet? Don't you have like 150 of those? I'm getting sick of IPAs, man. They all taste the same now. Yeah, dude, this uh, remote podcasting thing is so weird. Yeah. I feel like my my sentences aren't forming as as quickly and I just with the time delay and waking up in the morning, it's just it's a pain in the yeah, ass. I think it's the morning. You don't have a you don't have a beer. Yeah, yeah, that's probably it. So, but on the bright side, I think I have a date. I'm going to I'm going to try to come back May 2nd. I think that's the the day I'm going to try to target. Cool. So, I'll see you uh May uh May 16th. Like end of May. Well, yeah, I'm going to do the whole isolation thing, quarantine myself for two. Well, I should probably do three weeks. Just well, you safe. can't quarantine from John. Yeah, well, he yeah. doesn't have a choice. So he's just going to take it up the, uh, <laughs> up the butthole. But yeah, Jan, Jan's going to come pick me up and then we're going to quarantine together. Good. Hey, what watch is that? I am wearing the uh, Control 2. Nice. Which one? On the bracelet. Oh yeah. So steel yeah, bezel yeah. on the bracelet. It's a lot of it's a lot of steel. Yeah. I'm liking it though. So do you want to give me a quick rundown on what the latest updates are for all of our production runs? Is this on the podcast or no? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um. End of month retros. Sometime in May we release duality. Um, controls should be done end of May so we can release it in June and then we'll have a sector field and a small sector dive restock following in July so we got a shit ton of stuff coming out um, but then after that we're free you know that's a lot of watches man hopefully that'll that's last a- us for the rest of the year and then we can just whatever some whatever else that we uh, produce after that mm-hmm. will be like we'll have like a lot of freedom and like no deadlines, you know, to worry about. Yep. So some things in the production line right now, other, other than the ones that we have confirmed coming out and in actual manufacturing, we're working on the pilot as well as the Avalon two. Yep. So we're hoping to put those out in 2021 or maybe the pilot end of this year. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Like if things go well, hopefully we can release both at the end of the year and then, or early 2021, you know? Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of watches. I wasn't expecting to be able to do all this given the, the whole situation with the factories, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to get all this done. Especially the Contro, man. That one has a lot of hype behind it. That's a big one. Um and it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a lot of fun to release, as you said. You know, like every release just like we just find something new and like we just find a way to improve on, on, on like the way we release things. It just, it's a lot of fun, like learning how to do new things or like experimenting with new ways and seeing like what the uh, outcome is. Yeah. I mean, we have to, right. That's, that's kind of the job in, in terms of improving on our manufacturing and figuring out a proper release schedule to get the right watches into the right hands at the right time. Yeah. But the, the way we did the duality was, I think, uh, it was really satisfying and gratifying. Like just the amount of work we spent on the photos, yeah and then the prior weeks following up to you know the 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 drop date yeah i look forward to doing that again yeah i'm really glad that we have a third helping hand now uh we don't have to talk about about this too much because i want to have an official announcement but 
I think our release is moving forward. It's going to be a lot more streamlined because you and I can dedicate all of our bandwidth to, you know, taking photos, building the website, and then literally all of the outward reaching press stuff can be offloaded onto men number three. Yep. Yep. Cool. So what the hell did you call me for? What'd you call me for? Uh, just to uh, touch base, see how life is going. What what else are what what else is new with you? Are you playing guitar? I know you got a switch. What what games are you planning to play? Um, yeah, I got a switch. I somehow managed to get one online from Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Um, picked it up from uh, the West Hollywood location. That's like a curbside pickup thing. It was really weird. You just park at the meter and then they throw a fucking box into your car and then you get the fuck out of there. Dude, do you remember that one time we went to Huntington Beach to meet up with the, um, what was his name? The Amazon guy. Yeah. And he was saying he's moving over to a competitor across the street, which, you know, was pretty obvious. It was Costco. And he was talking about this, about how the future of all these big box retailers and all the way down to the Costco's, pretty much everyone that has a brick and mortar store, they're going to be doing this type of service where you order online and you go pick it up and then go home. I was pretty impressed with how they, um, how they streamlined it and how they, you know, just packaged it into something so easy for the average person, you know, like me. Yeah. Very, very average (laughs) to, uh, you know, just go there, check in and then get your freaking package and then get out of there. It was pretty awesome. And then that, you know, it's crazy, you know, the, just the, the, the repercussions and like the domino effect that this, this whole coronavirus thing is going to cause for future industries. Yeah. Well, one of the things a lot of much smarter people, much more qualified people than I am have been saying is that it's going to take this entire timeline of cultural technological progress, and it's just going to scrunch it down and kind of speed it up. So the progress that we're seeing in all these changes, and that's why I was thinking about this Amazon guy, because pretty much everything he said about the future of retail and how they're going to be doing this curbside pickup, it's coming to fruition a lot quicker than even he predicted. But now I think it's, it's a good move. It's easy for a company like Best Buy to do this because it's well, a lot easier to, to manage their inventory because it's a lot mm-hmm. of high-priced items that are, you know, probably have lower quantities. Whereas like a grocery store, it's almost impossible to track your inventory. And that's pretty much what you need to have anything mm-hmm. online like to anything to place orders online beforehand you need like a good inventory system but yeah none of these grocery stores actually have it because it's near impossible to track inventory so that's the biggest challenge i think like what the hell are they going to do how are they going to figure that out i'm curious yeah it would have to be only applicable to businesses retail shops that have a lower throughput of product but yeah. when people go grocery shopping they you know, they buy like a dozen to two dozen things at a time. But I know restaurants are doing it. No, Boba shops are doing it. Yeah. Even even cocktail bars in New York, like that whole open container law is kind of not, not being lifted, but it's not really being enforced either in the city because they're doing this exact same thing. You order online or through the phone and you pick it up and I guess drink it on the way home. But so we, we see restaurants doing it. We see Costco, Best Buy, any any retail store that you pick up one or two things at a time. Uh, but yeah, grocery stores are going to have a huge issue implementing something like this. But damn, would it be awesome if grocery stores could do it effectively? Because that's the one thing in, in, in people's lives that like they could really get their time back from. 
Yeah. yeah. If you're going to buy a lot of stuff, you're going to spend a lot of time in a grocery store. Like I'll tell you like how much time I spend in grocery store. It's a, it's a shit ton. Yeah. Are you Instacarting or are you actually going to stores and just wiping shit down? You can't Instacart in LA. There's no delivery services here. It's so fucking dense and packed and all you can't even get a fucking driver to, to deliver to you because there's just too much demand. You want to right. order like Amazon fresh. You got to, there's like a three week fucking uh, lead time. So like, That's Oh, crazy. I'm going to buy groceries for three weeks in advance. And by the time I get my groceries, half is not going to be there because it's unreliable. They're their system. As I was talking about earlier, like the inventory just is inaccurate. So by the time you get the checkout or by the time they get to you, they'd be like, oh, we don't have this anymore. Sorry. And I was like, fuck, why don't I wait three weeks for? Yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. Um, Yeah, I'm going I'm going to the stores because like that's the only way to do it. Um, But I'm going trying to go very, very. uh, um, Like once a week. Yeah. How do you feel? Uh, how's your headspace? Are you cool or are you getting cabin fever? No, I feel good. Um, I'm just. You're able to get out and do things? I mean, I'm not going out anymore because it's just, it's hell out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just getting increasingly uh, fed up with just, you know, the way certain things are being handled in the world in in this country. So, yeah, that's pretty much what's been bugging me. Not the whole virus situation because I'm, you know, well, as far as uh, work goes, do you have a lot to do? Are you busy? Is there anything I can do to help ease the load? Uh, in the coming weeks, probably not until you get here, get your freaking ass over here. Yeah. Coming (laughs) another week and a half. Yeah. But at the moment, like there's, um, it's mostly just design work and miscellaneous stuff like packaging design, like placing orders, supply chain stuff, um, you know, prepping all the packaging, uh, I did regulation and stuff. So like everything is, you know, everything's going smoothly. Okay. I'm just waiting for the ensuing, uh, avalanche of work. That's going to hit us in about a week. Cool. 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 Exciting too. It is. I'm really excited. Like yeah. we should be grateful that we have something to do and keep us occupied. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be grateful. Like like we get to, you know, stay in a sheltered place. Yeah. We don't have to luckily we're not we don't know anyone and, and we're right who's been affected by this. Do you know anyone? Um yeah, yeah, I have a couple friends. Personally? Yeah. Uh they're Recovered for the most part. Though. Okay, so it's nothing like horrible. Sore, right? sore chest, but yeah, yeah, no deaths or anything. Okay, yeah. So like, I feel really lucky that that you know we don't have to experience that. Yeah, taking the necessary precautions to like you know not get infected. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is like a communal effort. It's not like we all have to do our part. You know, this is not you know one person. All it takes is one fucker to just go out and do something wrong. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. all it takes. I mean, so that's what I'm being fed up about. Like, there's just yeah. so much dumbassery going on. Yeah. What What about all these protests, man, in, what what is it, Michigan and a couple other states, Florida? There are even protests down in Huntington Beach. I question the legitimacy of it and how how much of it actually reflects upon the majority of America's, uh, you know, attitude towards it. Oh, it's definitely a vocal minority. Yeah, there's no way this country is 
run by people that dumb or populated by people that dumb. But the press loves it. Dude, I would. It makes money. If you're press, you need to have, uh, you know, these crazy headlines and cover all these insane stories. Yeah, it's just outrage culture. Like people love to be outraged. Yeah, dude, they wake up outraged. As I always say, they wake up angry and then they find something to be angry about instead of the other way around where they actually see a legitimate issue, a legitimate problem that needs solving. But, you know, the big worry that I have is that if all these people got in protest and they're protesting with masks, by the way, which I think is really funny. They're like, open it all up, but then they're still taking the the proper precautions to protect themselves. Are it's, they? Because all the pictures I've seen from uh, the major news outlets, none of them are wearing masks. So, I mean, some some are, some aren't. Uh, obviously, there are a whole bunch of people that think it's fake and they're just ridiculous. Those people are just, they're living in a different planet. Um, but there are some, I guess, more sensible protesters who are, Protesting not because they think it's fake or it's a hoax, but because they want to open up the economy and they're wearing masks. But it's just kind of going, they're taking both sides of the argument, you know, and I, I find that pretty funny. I completely feel for those people and the responsibility should be the government. Obviously, it's, obviously it's been a, bit, a huge failure. Yeah. On but every- the thing is, a lot, of, a lot of these protesters are, are protesting in support of the government that has fucked them backwards. You know, so that's what I mean by taking both sides. And, uh, and you, I mean, you know me, I'm not political at all, and I don't take either side. I think everyone is fucked. But the thing is, if you have an argument, it needs to have, it needs to be rooted in some kind of logic. And that's not something I'm necessarily seeing in any of logic. Protests. What's that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my big worry is that if these protests keep going on, and they find that it actually does spread this coronavirus, or worse yet, these governors listen and open up these states, then we're going to see a second wave that you know, could even be worse than this first wave. And this first wave was already the worst in the entire world. And then lockdowns are going to extend and you know, go through the summer. And just all the fun stuff that we had planned for this year is on pause and probably being canceled, most of them at least. I think regardless, no matter what happens, it's gonna things are gonna be canceled. Like all the stuff that we had planned, they're gonna be canceled. Yeah, yeah, dude. Can you imagine the amount of fear that people are gonna have going to public events from here on out? Yeah, especially if they're not necessary. Yeah, but like sporting events, those like the UFC. UFC is buying a private island so that they can host their events. That's insane. Didn't that get shot down? No, no, no. Uh, what got shut down? So the original plan was for UFC 249, the Ferguson-Khabib um, card. They were going to do it on an Indian reservation because they, they're su- supposedly they're subject to different laws. Yeah, Apparently yeah. you can go onto an Indian reservation and they, just, they have totally different laws from whatever uh, state or, I guess, country they're in. So the one that they were looking at, I can't remember what it was called, but it was somewhere in, in California. But the head honcho at ESPN, which is owned by Disney, they all went to Dana White and they're like, dude, stand down. We're not doing this. So he had no choice. So he, instead, what he's doing is he's buying an island. And I, I believe May 3rd. So this is why I want to come back May 2nd. So I can actually watch this fight online. I want to see what it's like to watch a live fight where there's no audience and every single hit, you can really hear it reverberate in the... Uh, arena 
Um, but yeah, he he's buying a private island and they're going to be hosting events there with no audience. Supposedly, the octagons are going to be a little bit smaller. So actually, the entire game is going to change a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're going to see this translate to uh, other sports as well. Mm. Um, I mean, it's going to be a crazy uh, second half of 2020. So many things that you know we're so used to seeing are going to be completely different. But you know, I think we're just gonna we're gonna adapt. We're gonna see it. We're gonna get used to it relatively quickly because you know we understand the situation at hand, and then you know things are gonna carry on. Yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy yeah. how you know quickly we adapt to things. If there's one thing humans are good at doing, it's adapting and adjusting and evolving. You know that historically has been proven true. And like I said earlier, man, the change in culture in society and technology all this stuff was going to happen anyways it's just that this pandemic has accelerated that yeah for better or for worse you know yeah so are you playing a lot of guitar are you drinking a lot of beer um not drinking that much beer honestly like my days are just they're pretty normal it's like i wake up at seven I'm on my phone for an hour looking at the news and looking at emails and stuff. Get a coffee, go to the bathroom, you know, and then get to work, do whatever I have to do. There's been surprising, like a lot of stuff that like I've been catching up on, which it feels really good to get it out of the way. It's kind of sad, but I haven't even had a chance to play Nintendo Switch yet. So yeah, I was going to play it. Uh, I'll play it tomorrow. Probably. What game do you have? I only have Animal Crossing so far. I don't even know what that is. So the plan is to play that with Melissa because it's a you can do local co-op, but apparently the local multiplayer like really fucking sucks. But uh, I'll see how it is, and then mm-hmm. slowly I'll get more games. But uh, I just wanted to get it because there's still three weeks of the quarantine. Yeah, and weekends become, you know, they 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 become quite painfully slow if you don't have yeah. you know like a TV show to, to binge or something. And I've I've run out of TV shows to watch. Like I don't know what to watch. I need recommendations. Yeah, you asked me about Westworld, so I assume you watched the entire thing. I right? watched all three seasons, well, and I'm up to date right now, but I watched the first two seasons yeah. in, in like a week. Wow. And that's like 20 hours of TV show. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. So, like, I need some shit to watch. Mm-hmm. So you haven't seen a single episode of season three yet, right? No, I haven't. Uh... I've been surprisingly busy. I think part of the reason is because life in Macau is pretty much the same. You just have to wear a mask everywhere you go. So I still go out. I meet my dad for lunch at work and then, you know, come home, get back to work. And because of this whole remote podcasting thing, it's not as simple as when I'm doing it with you in person. So like when we do it in person, I literally just upload it right after you know what i mean i i do some tweaking with the eq and editing but i don't do any cutting and splicing but for these remote interviews i have to because there's a lot of delay given the distance between here and and all the interviewees and the other thing is on on top of the editing and splicing all of that the other thing is that because i'm not really talking to a person i'm talking to a microphone and a screen It's a lot hard, like the dynamics are just different. It's a lot harder to keep the regular flow of conversation. And I really have to work hard on the editing to kind of uh, alleviate a lot of that awkwardness. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, like I find my, I find my brain isn't forming sentences. I'm stuttering a lot more. I'm saying, um, and like, and you know, you know, stupid shit like that, that I, I usually don't say in person, but when you're talking to an inanimate object, it's kind of hard to talk naturally. Well, you better get used to it. Cause it's going to be the next few months where you're going to be talking to a fucking mic and no one else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm okay with it. I, I think it takes practice anyways, right? I think podcasting is an art and I feel like I can only get better at this just by doing it, by practicing. And I, much, I would much rather have a free-flowing conversation like this than to sit down and write a blog post or write a news article or whatever. Yeah. But we still need, we still um, need the blog posts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I'll, I'll probably end up doing some writing too, especially on the flight. But the other thing I've been doing other than podcasting is reading a lot. So... I'm I'm studying more branding focused books because I think one thing that we need to do moving forward is to figure out how to communicate our message a little bit better. And I talked to you about this a bit yesterday on text, but one of the things that really drew our customer base to us was the things that this brand stands for. And it's stuff that they learned over time from interacting with us through email, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know, coming to our parties that we throw around the world. But I want it to be even simpler than that so that when a new pair of eyeballs reaches our screen, whether it's our Instagram or, or Facebook or our website, they know right away what we're all about and what we stand for. Because I think it's a lot easier to answer questions to customers that already understand who we are and what this brand stands for. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like specifications are easy, right? But one thing I noticed in the past couple of weeks, actually in the past couple of months, our Instagram has really started to get more engagement through the through the DMs and comments and all that. And a lot of the questions are not really specification focused. You know, obviously we have that slice of the pie where people are asking, you know, what what's the size of this? Um, what's your plan for the next issue of this watch? What colors, you know, boring questions like that, that, that anyone can answer, but we're getting a lot more questions about why we started this, how we started this, what our plans are for this company moving forward. You know, a lot, a lot of questions that are harder to answer based on quantitative or, um, you know, on paper specifications. So, I think a lot of those questions can be answered before we even have to be asked them. Mm. Um, so reading, I'm writing, actually, I'm playing a lot of guitar. I've been writing a lot of music. First time in like five years I started writing music. Uh, but yeah, doing a lot of more creative stuff on the guitar. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm being pretty well behaved. I'm not drinking that much. Mm -hmm. Cooking with my mom doing uh some pretty cool recipes my mom made this amazing rye bread no need rye bread that rested overnight delicious what else have you been making tell me everything um so my one of my mom's favorite dishes that i make is pulled pork and i know you you've had that before so i've been doing pulled pork i did a homemade barbecue sauce for that i'm sorry um, whenever you say pulled pork i just think of something else you know what i'm talking about Oh, that video of yeah, the kid that kicks the tire oh, and it explodes and uh, it blows his leg up. 
God. That, um, okay, what else? I've been searching for that video no, for years. Don't, I can't find it. Do not search for it. That is not good for the, that is not good for the soul. Okay. <laughs> that shit fucks you um, up. If you get desensitized to that stuff, then you're you're really messed up. So the other thing I've been doing in line with what you're just talking about is I've been on Reddit a lot on the what what's the subreddit called? It's um car, uh, Justice Served. Ugh. So Justice Served and then the other one is Brutal Beatdown. Those are amazing what subreddits. What the fuck? <laughs> Thank God uh the Watch People Die subreddit got banned cuz otherwise you'd be on that like 24-7. Man, you think I'm a, I'm a lunatic. Yeah, um, you're like a Live Leak subscriber. Dude, Live Leak is amazing. There's stuff other than no, let's, brutal okay. beatdowns. And... Back, back to the original topic. What else have you been cooking? What have you been cooking yourself? Um, what else have I been cooking? Uh, oh, I made, I made this salad. Really, really good stuff. I actually made it in the U.S. the first time, and it was so good. I wanted to bring it back here to show my mom. But it's basically arugula, beetroot, cherry tomatoes, um, fried chickpeas, feta cheese, and then you make a honey balsamic glaze that you toss the salad in. Uh, really good stuff. Yeah, you make really good salads. I try, man. I try. We need our veggies. I just don't eat salad, so I just never know what to do with some leaves and some nuts and some dried fruit and like oil and <laughs> balsamic i don't know what to do with it like you hand me the ingredients i don't know what the fuck to do with it all right i'll give you a crash course in salad dressing when i'm back but it's like it's kind of like the same thing where like when you approach something like like chinese cooking right it's like it's really daunting yeah i first. feel the same way yeah but then once you learn the basics it's like really fucking easy all you need are a few ingredients right yeah you need soy sauce you need you know you need cooking wine you need salt you need sugar you yeah. need Green onions, you need ginger, you need garlic, you need chilies. Yeah. You need sesame oil. You need cornstarch. You just put it together in different combinations. Yeah. You, you know, just, just a few ingredients like that. You need star anise, you need you know, cinnamon, you need <laughs> citron peppercorns, you know, all yeah. that stuff. Very few ingredients, right? And then you just make, you know, you can make pretty much everything in, in Chinese yeah. cooking. So. so my dad, he actually took a lot of time off when I came just to hang out. And well, I guess the original plan was we we're all going to go to Seattle together and hang out there. But, you know, flights got shut down and everything. So we've just been hanging out here. So I've actually been cooking with my dad, too. Um, well, he's he's back at work now. But when he took the first two weeks off, we were cooking a lot at home. So he made chicken kajitori for us. And then we actually made guatia, like the famous family recipe that was in my granddad's restaurant in New York. And? Oh my god, it was amazing. No, no, so like who, I remember, who like, made what? Did you actually make it? Um, yeah, so as a kid, my job was always doing the dough, right? So I would knead the dough and then I would roll it out because there's a special technique you have to use to roll out the dough. And even after like 15 years of not making it, not not cooking with my dad, we kind of just fell straight back into the roles that, that I, I had when I was 10 years old and my dad would do the wrapping and yeah, it was amazing. It was so, so good. So what That's I'm asking happened. is when you come back here, can you make it? Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can. Yeah. Cause I remember you, um, you had trouble with the filling last time. Yeah, I can do it now. Can you tell me what, what's in his secret recipe? I want to learn. Of course not. 
Tell me. No. Tell me the ingredients. You don't tell me the ratio. I mean, there's no there's no ratio because it's Asian cooking. No, no it's chance. Chinese cooking. You don't have ratios. Yeah. It's just you eyeball it. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, taste it and see if it's there. And if it's there, it's good. So tell me. No. You know why? Because you don't remember. No, I remember. I remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll make it. I'll make it when I'm back, and I'll freeze a bunch, and then um, we'll do a curbside drop off. <laughs> yeah. So, did you see uh, what Jonah posted recently? He like had some fried chicken sandwich. No. Um, what's so special about it? So, it's one of his close friends who's an entrepreneur. He's a he's a chef and owner of this new restaurant that he opened up. Wow. Uh, recent, very recently. In LA? Yeah, in LA. Um, they operate out of, out of a cloud kitchen, actually. Um, oh, wow. You know, down in 1842, Washington. So uh, it's, yeah. uh, they make fried chicken. Let's go. Fried chicken sammies, chicken tendies, shit like that. Yeah. I'm probably going to go check it out this weekend. Nice. I'll order some pictures. Send me pictures. Yeah, I'm really excited. And like, it's insane because like the balls you need to have to open a fucking restaurant. Yeah. Like not just a restaurant, a fucking a cloud kitchen, like a, 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 you know, there's no, there's no storefront. There's no brick and mortar. It's just yeah delivery. How does that even work? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But do do you remember you were telling me about this guy named David Chang? He has a show on Netflix called Ugly Delicious. Yeah, the Momo, the Momofuku guy. Yeah, yeah. So I've been watching that with my mom, and uh, obviously we know the restaurant industry is taking a huge hit. So I've been watching a lot of interviews with him, and first of all, it looks like that guy hasn't slept since this pandemic started. Like he <laughs> looks like a fucking train wreck. He looks like an but, alcoholic, doesn't he? Yeah, it's horrible. Um, but he was saying how when things start up again, restaurants aren't going to be the same because all the kitchen staff, they're going to have to wear masks. And you'd be surprised by, because I mean, you're, you're cooking food, you have to continually taste it. You'd be surprised how much longer it's going to take to get your food in restaurants because they have to remove the mask, taste it, and then put it back on. It's like such a small thing, right? And then... On top of that, he said that restaurants have historically been a very low margin business. And that's why when this lockdown just started, literally within two weeks of a lockdown, they already were suffering. They already had to lay people off. It's because restaurants by design don't have any reserves. It's literally cash in, cash out, cash in, cash out. So he said that you, we should probably expect higher prices in restaurants and bars moving forward. Well, thank God we know how to cook. Yeah, right. And um, also, I, I thought some restaurant groups had, you know, $100 million cash on hand. You know, I think certain ones do. I you know, certain higher ones, end ones that, you know... High, higher-end ones. I, I would think Momofuku would, right? But yeah, I guess the bigger your holding company gets the more overhead you also have uh, i'm you know i'm not in the restaurant business so i can't pretend like i i know what i'm talking about but you know just looking at this guy's face he went from being a super happy-go-lucky guy to looking like someone that wakes up to a glass of beer and hasn't slept in we in should uh, go check out major domo after this uh, once this is all yeah. once this is all over yeah i mean it's fu- it's ridiculously expensive yeah like 
I don't want to pay 60 bucks for a piece of meat. Well, that's why I was surprised because all this is coming from a guy that already runs a restaurant that's super expensive. Then think about the budget restaurants, right? The ones where you can have a meal for 10 to $15. Mm. Like imagine their margins, either that or think about the quality of food that they have to get, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, uh, the hundred million dollars, like, if you had that much, you wouldn't think to take a, a loan out of the PPP, right? Um, to, to pay your no. staff. Are, are we talking about Shake Shack? Yeah, we're talking about Shake Shack. Yeah, and yeah, these SBA loans, man. I just, I get infuriated. Isn't it something like a third of the entire stimulus bill got pushed to public companies? I read an article. It said... There were about seventy-one public trade, pu- publicly traded companies that that took out loans for the uh, from the PPP. Jesus. And but it didn't account for that much of the percentage, because in total there. Were I like, read it was a hundred billion. A hundred billion dollars went to public companies. I think it was a hundred billion went to four percent of the companies that applied. Oh. Something, but either way, is insane. And obviously, those are yeah. not, those are not small businesses. No. But um. So obviously there's a huge backlash and they gave it back, right? Which is which somehow makes it worse, in my opinion. Did 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 every company give it back or was it just certain ones? Just Shake Shack, because they, they faced mm. huge backlash and it was just the PR move to do. Yeah. But honestly, yeah, like, I mean every everyone knows that they gave it back not because they don't want it. They gave it back because they understand the repercussions. The ripples from them taking that money, it's gonna be huge. Yeah, they're already fucked though. They've already fucked their yeah. image. It's tarnished forever. Yeah. You got people like Mark Cuban even saying that. Yeah. So I mean like it's just it's it's a horrendous thing to do, but you know, it's it's capitalism, right? At, at its finest. Capitalist to a fault. Um, but that's kind of what got us in this position anyways. Right? Putting profits before humans. <laughs> Yeah, but it is what it is, right? What are what are two watchmakers or or watch designers going to do about this? Yeah, I mean, I I do have to say though, for all intents and purposes, I guess you and I could wear that badge of honor of being an entrepreneur or business owner for whatever it's worth, right? And it really does bring me great pride to see companies standing up and doing their part to help. Mm-hmm. I think moments of crisis really brings out people's and, and brands and companies' true colors, like we saw with Shake Shack, right? Now we know what they're like. They put profits first. But on the flip side, you also see companies like Google, Facebook, doing things to actually help, right? I, I think it's been pretty obvious that our government can't really do anything to help us. They're just stumbling over roadblocks that they created for themselves. And now that responsibility to alleviate a lot of these pains has fallen onto businesses like ours all the way up to the Googles and Facebooks. So when I see like Baltic, for example, or, um, or, or Helios, when I, when I see companies like ours actually contribute, we obviously can't give much, but Every little bit counts. Yeah. Know? So it does bring me great pride at the very least to be a, a small business that's doing something and to call a lot of the other businesses that are doing things our friends. Yeah. It feels good. You know, uh, I think they, they banned um, 
exporting masks from China now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very happy that we got our masks um, in time. Do you know why they did that? What What's the reason? I really do not know. Hmm. Um, I'm sure they can still export it, but it's limited. I know countries yeah. like Taiwan, like they have super strict, really, really strict guidelines when it comes to mm-hmm. exporting masks. Like if you want to ship it to America, you got to ship it to another Taiwanese citizen. Yeah. And you can only ship like That's 30. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I've been talking to our suppliers. Um, in, in, these suppliers are all FDA and CE approved. So we know that they're good stuff. But what they're telling me is that there's a limitation on how many masks we can get from now on. Yep. And that limitation is really, I don't, I don't know the number offhand, but I know that limitation is very, very low. It's like a hundred, right? They, something like that, like a handful. Yeah. Like it's enough for like two and a half people. Yeah. But it, I don't know, it begs a question, like where, where is this coming from? You know, and what's the, what's the reasoning behind this? Why, why are they setting all these stupid rules that, really aren't helping is just making everything worse i don't know i'm an idiot though so i, I don't do you do you know if it's um all countries or is, is it just specifically to the u.s uh i think certain european countries too i i didn't really ask though because we're we're american and we're just trying to get mass to la yeah um but yeah so you sent the mass out to what was it usc right and then uh, the la county la county hospital LAC, USC, it's like USC affiliate yeah. or something. I'm, I'm, yep, yep. And then okay. the others went to Isaac, who's going to send it cool. to Kaiser Permanente in Baldwin Hills, okay, who cool. apparently are using fucking Brillo pads yep. on their fucking faces. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, when I emailed the uh, lady, and I, I don't want to say her name publicly because I didn't get her permission, but when I emailed the lady who's coordinating all the um donation efforts at USC she told me that they only have about a week left of supplies even though they're getting thousands upon thousands of donations not just in mass but in in funds to buy more mass they only have a week left so you know we sent some out we can expect those to probably disappear in a couple of days like probably a single there, day yeah yeah so i don't know we're doing what we can, but it's, I honestly, I still feel some kind of responsibility to, to do more because we're a business owner. And I think if, if you look at how the other countries around the world have reacted, right? The Asian countries, the citizens are used to taking orders and governments are used to giving it. So the culture is kind of shaped from the top down. So the responsibility falls onto the governments. If you go to Europe, the culture is largely formed uh, around the actual citizens, right? And that's why we've seen a lot of European countries get hit so hard. In the US, I think the culture is more formed around companies, around businesses. So I feel like that's why we have the responsibility to do something to help. But now all of this red tape is being put in place and for whatever reason tied. So like what can we really do from this point out, you know? We can uh uh Sew some makeshift masks in our workshop out of underwear, <laughs> out of used underwear, and then send it over to the hospitals. Yeah. Like, even Mark, 
Rismus, he's printing, 3D printing these plastic masks. And then you put one of those surgical masks on the front in like a little window to capture all the um, spit and, and snot and whatever that comes at you. But when he tried to get them to hospitals, they weren't even accepting it. So he's only literally giving it out to his personal connections, emergency responders, EMTs, all that stuff. Yeah. For whatever code that these hospitals can't break. But it's like, dude, come on. It's either this or wearing a maxi pad. Pick one. <laughs> dude, so much for being the most powerful country in the world, right? Yeah. Can't even, can't, can't even allocate the resources to give your fucking hospitals and your medical and your, your, your healthcare workers fucking PPE, like yeah, when they most need it. And you're relying on fucking, you know, the average Joe to sew some fucking underwear masks to send to the hospitals. Like what the, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. It's so bad. But like I said, I'm, I'm proud that companies are doing things. It makes me proud as an American business owner that other businesses are doing this as well. And you know, hopefully in a few years, like we have to prepare for the worst, no matter what, not just in regards to how the, this business is run, but in regards to how the economy shakes out and how, you know, global crises like, the, like this happen. Hopefully in five to 10 years, we'll be in a much better position to do more if, if and when something like this happens again. Let's better not, let's, let's not, let's not hope that something like this happens again in five years. That's, it should be a hundred years. should be. All right. Every major pandemic happens every hundred years. It should be like that. Should be. But it's going to happen way more frequently. I know that. Yeah. Especially when the when the when the polar uh, ice caps melt, and there's oh, like yeah. all this shit that's been living in the, sitting in there for like years and years and years comes out and affects all of us. Yeah, man. I've been reading so much about the plagues of the past. I find it it's such a fascinating history. Right, like the the Black Plague, which was a not a virus, that was a bacteria infection, and the it, Black Death, right? The bubonic plague. Yeah, yeah, the the bubonic, the one that made you grow sores and and stuff, gangrene on your feet. But there's this game on um, on Mac, or uh, well, I, I don't play it on the computer, but you you can put it on your phone or onto iPads. And uh, fuck, I can't remember what it's called, but basically you play the role of a disease. So you can pick virus or bacteria or uh, prion or, or whatever, even a nanobot. And you basically, your mission is to infect and destroy the entire human population. And it's a really intense strategy game, but you start to learn actually how difficult it is for a virus or a bacteria or whatever, a pandemic to happen. You start to realize from this game how many pieces have to fall into place perfectly for something like this to happen, which is why it only happens once every hundred years or so, like, like global, real bad pandemics like this one. And the other thing that makes me think is if it's that difficult for it to happen, then how did, in 2020, how did our human race get so much wrong that was so much right for this disease to happen? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. There is no answer because it happened, but yeah. I know the answer. People, 5G well, towers. <laughs> man, I can't wait for 5G. I'm so excited. People are saying, you know, it's like, it's outrage culture. People that wake up upset, they go online and they start 
going on on forums and and reddit and just talking about how this is such a horrible time to live in there's a pandemic but dude we can access all the information in the entire world on a little handheld device 4g is everywhere like this is a great time to be alive we just need to make certain adjustments and do certain things to make this world a little bit more beautiful than it is currently well you're a you're an optimist that's for sure hey i try to be i try to be that's good. Um, we, we, we bounce each other out because I'm, I'm, I'm a glass half empty guy. You're a glass half full guy. <laughs> uh, other than pandemic stuff, SBA stuff, uh, new projects, what else is new with you? Or what are you excited for most? So we, we talked a bit about the new project. So is there a particular um, release or restock that you're really excited for? Contro. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been more than a year since it got released. And mm-hmm. the new changes are really, really sick. It's going to, you know, obviously no one's going to be traveling, but that's not the point, right? Yeah, the timing's a little bad. I'm really happy about that, though. You know, you know how everyone that wears a dive watch doesn't actually dive? I'm glad yeah. to see people actually using the contrail for its intended purpose yep. uh, for the most part. But I guess now that the control is going to fall into the same category as dive watches where people just wear it because, you know, just because. <laughs> yep. But again, see, there's that negative side of me coming out. Yeah. I got to always got to mention a positive with a negative. I'm excited for the control. <laughs> oh wait, but no one's going to use it because no one can travel right now. Okay. Let's, let's try to bring some positivity back into the conversation. Then. Dude, it's what so hard. Are you, I know it is. I know it is. Um, if you keep up with current events like i know you do it's hard to stay positive man fuck yeah just play more guitar drink more beer then the world will continue spinning but is there anything that you're more excited for outside of work and watches and you know notice stuff god notices my life i have no life outside of notice (laughs) no no but uh that's a problem let me i I think i need to fix that too no no no. let's go on vacation once this is done man I just want to travel. Yeah. Like, you know, like I travel at least once a year, but mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like that's going to happen this year. So hopefully I can. Yeah. But you know, the first place we're going to go is going to be the South. I mean, you've done your traveling. You're satiated. I want to go to Europe. Yeah. I want to go to Asia. Dude, I'm always down. Can I tag along? No. You've already been. You need someone to talk You've to. You've met your quota. You cannot go no, again. No, dude. That's not fair. No, dude. Life is not that easy. I, yeah, admittedly, I've caught the travel bug. And it, I'm very grateful and very lucky that I have the luxury to call this work, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even, during my, <laughs> even during my Euro trip, it was a vacation, but still being able to like go out and hang out with all the, the people that we talked to online. That was amazing. Right. So I could still kind of call it work and, you know, buy a couple beers for some friends that I can, that I only know their Instagram handle and their wrist. But <laughs> is it, dude, that's kind of funny, isn't it? I, I know a lot of people by the shape and color of their wrist. And the size <laughs> so of been, it. I, yeah. So I've been identifying them by looking at their wrist and like, Oh Oh, I six know inches, you. seven inches. Yeah, I know. I got you. Count how many hairs and how many hair follicles they have. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so you're you're excited to travel. What else? I mean, I uh, I would be excited, but I know there's not going to be any traveling this year. See, well, whenever it's done. Sorry, there's a negative side coming out again. You gotta help me. <laughs> I need well, sunshine we, okay, in my so life. Not a, not fair, enough of that fair, in LA. Fair, fair, fair. We don't know when we're gonna be able to travel for leisure again, but whenever it is, you're excited for that. What else are you excited for? I'm excited to see people again. It's it's a simple ask. I I'm a simple person. I I I, I revel in, in you know very simple things. So I don't ask for much in life. Mm-hmm. I just run and run. I just want to run a nice successful business, and I want to have adequate social interactions, and that's all I need. Mm. I don't need to drive a Ferrari. I don't need to wear a Patek Philippe. You know. Yeah. I don't need to live in a mansion. I just want to have these basic necessities, you know, to yeah, run a successful company. You're a simple company. man with simple pleasures. Very basic. To run a multi-million dollar company. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's not basic. I think it's uh, it's authentic. I want to try be more better. beer. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I miss craft breweries so much. Yeah. I want I want my American IPA and my stouts and my porters and all that stuff back. I really, really, really want that stuff back. I just want to sit on my fat ass at a bar and drink beer with some pals, and that that that, that that's that's all I need. Yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. I'm excited to. Yeah, I'm excited to have my American beer back. Not this not this growler or six-pack takeout bullshit i actually i want to sit in a brewery and smell the yeast breathing yep hear all the the people around us having conversations i miss that that feeling you get when you walk into a humongous uh microbrewery that's kind of retrofitted into a warehouse and it just smells like beer and and yeast breathing and you hear all these conversations people talking about the beer and then the the games on the side those pinball machines or whatever for me, that it almost feels, and it's kind of sad at, at this point, but it kind of feels like it's a, it's like from a faraway land or something. Yeah. Do you ever get that feeling when you watch movies and TV shows where you see people in bars, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Dude, even now, I, I, I watch movies and I see people hugging and kissing and shaking hands. I'm like, wow. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that? that? That'd be funny if, if a lot of these new cultural uh, or societal norms, right, the no handshaking and just elbow bumping, it'd be funny if that stays, you know. And then our kids and their and our kids' kids, we're gonna be like, you know, one day uh, in the past, we used to be allowed to <sighs> shake hands and hug. <laughs> I mean, I'd personally be fine with that, but I know a lot of people would not. Yeah, like a lot of people, they need that social contact. They need that physical, you know that physical contact for some reason, um, which, yeah. I mean, like in Europe, when you greet people, yeah. you kiss, kiss on the cheek. Right. And that's just, it's a normal greeting over there. Yeah. I'm sure at one point it was like that in the U S right. We were all British at one point. So, well, not us. We were, we were probably, I don't even know what we were, where were we? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, at one point I feel like culturally it was probably quite similar to, to the UK or Europe or whatever. And now look at us, right? How culturally different. And that's only 300 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically like yesterday. In fact, if you like blow this up into the grand scheme of, of 
the universe and time. It's not even yesterday. It was like four minutes ago. (laughs) But yeah, it's kind of crazy how quickly things are changing. On one hand, it's definitely a little bit disconcerting, but it's also kind of interesting, isn't it? It's it's kind of entertaining to watch the world unfold. It's absolutely fascinating. This is this is one of the biggest events to ever happen in history. Yeah. And honestly, probably the biggest event that you and I are ever going to experience in our sad little lives. Well, one 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 life is sad, the other is happy. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm just a ball of happiness over here, so. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's why I do all the talking and you do all the walking. Maybe I'm just tired of walking. I just want to take a break. Yeah, you deserve it. No, no, I, I, I did not. I am really excited for the upcoming uh, next few months. I'm excited to get my ass back to work because, you know, with work comes reward. Sitting on my ass doesn't reap any reward for me. So, yeah. Yeah. I miss our buddies, man. Yeah. I miss all of our friends. I'm really bummed out that we aren't going to get the boys back together this year. But. I am really glad that we did that Zoom call. Like that really made my day. Yeah, we we can um, do it again this weekend. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm actually going to be interviewing Cam because he actually is an expert on all of these SBA things. And I have a lot of questions. Um I guess it doesn't only pertain to restaurants and and kind of the for, the the consumer facing businesses in that sense, but I know that a lot of our customers are entrepreneurs, right? They own breweries, distilleries, restaurants, salons. So I know they have a lot of questions and I want to give Cam an opportunity to really lend some of his insight. Cam, Cam would be a great, great person to interview because he's what, 26 and he's a fucking director at a company. Like what the fuck? That doesn't, that doesn't ever happen. So, um, it's, it'd be very, very interesting to talk about his path and like how he got there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of the whole point of long roads, right? We're all on a very long road. And and actually, the way Chris Hua described his idea for a show, right? How he doesn't want it to be like Tim Ferriss or Joe Rogan, where you're interviewing people that are already rich, already famous, already, quote unquote, made it. It'd be a lot more valuable to interview people who are in the process of making it. Mm-hmm. And then who knows, maybe 15 to 20 years down the line, we can come back and revisit a lot of these people they might be world famous comedians or or actors or businessmen or or whatever right like who knows where all this is going to go but if i can capture a little snapshot of right now and then just wait out the the rest of their life and interview them at a, a later stage that'd be very fascinating to see how things unfold and even for us one of the things i'm really glad about with this podcast is that we're also kind of you know sprinkling in a little bit of notice here and there and it really is just a snapshot into where we are, what we're doing, like what stage in not just the business, but also in life we are with uh, everything. Yeah. I had an idea, though, for this podcast, because I'm, I'm not really great at this kind of thing yet. I still have a lot of practicing to do. But my idea was to have a set of, of rapid fire questions that I ask at the end of every podcast just to gain some kind of insight into the the person that I'm talking to. Is this like um common app like favorite fictional character type type thing? 
no, I don't know what you're talking about there, but it's more, it's more like, I mean, they, they are kind of weird questions though. Right. So yeah, they should be weird. Was, weird and specific. Yeah. Cause that's how you really get the weird details out of people. Yeah. So one question that I had was, so actually I'll give you two because they're kind of connected and maybe, maybe you can answer it so I can kind of gauge whether or not this is a good question to ask people. But the question is, would 10 year old you, or what, what would 10 year old you think of if he or she met current you? Okay. Do you have an answer? Oh, you want me to answer it? Yeah. Um, do you remember 10 year old Cullen? Yeah. That boy would be like, damn, that guy's cool. Really? Wow. I have no, low, I have low, no idea. Bar. 10 year old me could not even, you know, form sentences. Hmm. So how would I like 26 year old? You can. <laughs> nice question. Um, so the follow up to that is what advice would you give to a previous version of yourself? What are we hosts? Am I Dolores? You've been watching way too much Westworld, man. Dude, my favorite character is William. You're trying to find a way out of this question, aren't you? No, I just, I need time to think about it. I'm not, I'm not a quick thinker. You know, I'm very slow, slow witted. Okay. Do you want me to answer? I obviously thought about it. I already thing. forgot the question. Oh, what would I tell a previous version of myself? Here, I'll tell you my answer first for, for both. Actually, no, I know the answer. Right. I, I'd, I'd just be like, okay, don't stress out mm -hmm. rules and expectations too much. Don't stress over rules and expectations mm -hmm. because they don't mean jack shit when mm -hmm. you get older. That's it. I dig it. Awesome. What about you? Uh, well, first of all, 10 year old me would be very disappointed in current me because 10 year old me had dreams and aspirations to become the next slash or John Mayer or fill in the blank. That being said, 10 year old me also was not yet exposed to the world. So it was kind of a naive way of looking at things and through the exposure over the years to how the world works and you know, different insights and different people, different industries. I've shifted my goals. Like the goalposts have, have moved, right? Because I feel like my impact can be felt better in doing something else other than music, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a certain amount of naivety that I had as a 10-year-old, as any 10-year-old, I guess. But one thing that definitely remained from 10-year-old me is the curiosity, Right. I'm still a very curious person. I'm still like diving deep into all these really abstract things, esoteric, like like nootropics or or certain meditations or workout plans. Like I'm I'm still diving really, really deep into all these new hobbies that I get into. So what I would tell my a previous version of myself would be that if those rules feel constraining, then change them. And if you can't change them, then break them. Don't take school too seriously. And don't take your relationship with people too seriously. What does that That's mean? Kind of. 
uh, which part? The school part of the relationship, the relationship part. Um, yeah, just I mean, in the sense that don't re- relationships are built on people's similarities and people's differences, right? And if you take all of that stuff too personally, then it can sour a relationship really quickly. And there needs to be a more systematic way of dealing with the differences. And that's a very hard thing to do when it becomes personal. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So yeah. I thought you, I thought you so, meant like you can just be a dickhead to people with, with zero recourse or re- repercussions. No, 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 no. Of course not. I think it's it's very important to be kind. Um, even more important to be kind than it is to be nice. And I think those are two very different things. But yeah, I would say just continue to be a kind person, but don't take things too seriously. As far as education goes, I feel like it's not really limited to education. It's just any kind of system or societal expectation. Um, I feel like the way the country and the world is run right now, you know, a lot of these problems have led to the, the situation that we're in right now. But I would say that a lot of people are kind of squeezed and molded and, and, and shoved into these molds that mm. were designed for you. And the problem is like, like a rubber band, once those shackles come off, once that mold comes off, which the expectation is after college, right? You, you're a free man and you go off to do whatever it is that you want to do. You're, you bounce back into some kind of bastardized, mangled form of what you truly are. So my argument is to really identify clearly from, a, from an early stage what it is that makes people tick what what makes you tick as a person mm. and really serve to make those things shine a little bit brighter. Mm. And I, I think education works against that. And anything where you pander to the average works against that. You need some level of granularity for people to develop into 100% of who they truly can be. Or you just, instead of using a, a, a rubber band, you use a Ziploc. Or Even ziplocks. Sorry, a zip tie. A zip tie. They don't once you, you know, once you unfurl them, or they, they can't go, go back together. Can they not? No. Oh. You have to cut it. It breaks permanently. That'd be even worse. Oh. Yeah. Well, that no, had, my, my whole idea is that has the opposite be... uh, meaning of what I was trying to say. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. No, my whole idea is really just be flexible and really embrace all. Of, I mean, it's like our brand, right? It's what it stands for. Just embrace all of the roads that lead to you and everything that makes you interesting, because ultimately those things are, they're a lot easier to sustain. And those things are what's going to get you further in life than, you know, being molded by a cookie cutter. And once that cookie cutter mold has been removed, again, you're, you're just a, a bastardized form of what you should be. You had a sick childhood. Your Christmas. No, I had a great childhood. Your Christmases probably were not that good of you. If you had bad memories of cookie cutters. <laughs> no, I'm I'm very lucky that I had the parents I did because they they every time I went home from school they freed me of those shackles by, you know, letting me go into the kitchen and cook, letting me play guitar all day long, play drums all into the night. Like they yeah. let me do that kind of stuff. They Your parents me into. IB, math, SL, or whatever, AP, this, AP, that. They didn't force me to do any of that stuff. Your parents definitely were uh, very progressive. Yeah, they were. And uh, I think I'm a decently happy guy on the other side of it. 
and I've got to say my, my relationship with my, with both my parents, it's very strong, I think, because of, you know, the fact that it always felt like we were working together on these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And certainly helps that I share a lot of passions with them too. So, that's good. you know, we have shit to talk about, but, but yeah, that's my answer really just to, to not take systems and relationships as seriously as a lot of people do. So we, we actually both kind of have similar answers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Def- definitely uh, ask that to Cam. I want to know his answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think I want to get maybe four or five questions together and ask every single podcast guest. And, you know, I, I feel like that'll lend a lot of insight to who they are as a person and their kind of mindset. Mm. So I'll probably send it off to him ahead of time so he can think a bit about it. I know I just dropped it on you like out of nowhere, but yeah. I think the beauty of it is having them not prepare for it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, maybe I won't ask them uh, ahead of time then. I like how open-ended it is though, right? That answer can really go in any direction. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I will um, email you my flight once it's confirmed. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that Taiwan doesn't close its borders. From what I'm hearing right now, it's that if you're trying to get back home, you only have these certain windows in certain countries to do it. So as soon as that window opens, April 30th is when the, the lockdown at the airport lifts. I'm going to try to sneak in, get out before they lock it down again. Jesus. So I'll email you the flight information once I book it. Well, if you get lost in Taiwan, that's not the worst place to be. Yeah, dude. I mean, they, they would probably just cancel the flight altogether, though. That's right. the thing. So. I'm going to do it within the first couple of days of the of May just so that I can be safe. And then, yeah, I'll come back, pick up some watches from you and, and start helping you from home. <sighs> I'm lying. I actually, I just want to wear the watches. I still haven't seen the goddamn blue, uh, sky blue retrospect yet, man. <laughs> That's pretty nice. But those pictures look really good. You're getting really good at, uh, at shooting. Oh, thanks. Honestly, the only difference is you just got to focus stack. That's the main difference. So, yeah, when you get back here, we'll get you a separate camera. Okay. Because you need one. We can't just share one now. You know, it's just yeah. Given the circumstances, it doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. we'll look into it. I've been talking a lot to Josh uh, stuff and watches as well mm-hmm. as Will Watch Clicker uh, and Isaac about just good cameras and, and well, which direction I should go. Right right now I'm leaning towards the Sony A7. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's hard to make a decision like this unless I actually see it in person, but you know, who who knows the next time I'm going to be able to go into a store and yep. look at things and just, handle things. Just Remember get that whatever handling things. <laughs> get whatever and then get like a macro lens and then get helicon focus for Lightroom and then all yeah. your photos will be freaking magical after that. Cool. I look forward to it. All right, man. I'm going to go eat some eggs with my mom. Oh, what kind of eggs? Uh, she made uh, egg salad, which for me is very nostalgic. She used to do that as a when I was a kid mm. for my lunch that I brought to school. Nice. One last thing. When is uh, yeah. when are we going to do a podcast with the a podcast with the Isaac? So, well, we are talking now about Mike's because he's actually relaunching his YouTube channel. He's going to be doing reviews and stuff. So, um. He's actually getting this this mic here, this AT2020. Once that happens, we'll we can do like a Zoom call or something with him 
Okay, I'm gonna steal that your. That one's gonna be mostly a uh, a photography focused podcast. I have so many questions for that guy. I'm gonna steal your tone port. Hmm. Yeah, do it. Grab the SM57 as well. That's uh, all in my study. What about my mic? I have it here. Yeah, I'll just get it from you when you come back. Oh yeah. All right, cool. All right, ma'am. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll be in touch. Uh, send me a message if you need help with anything or if there's anything I can do to help out. Otherwise, I will see you when I see you. All right. All right. Bye-bye now. See you. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, don't forget to leave a review in the iTunes store. It really helps more than you think. Let us know what questions you have, any guests you'd like us to get on the show, or anything in between. This week's special thanks goes out to our friendly neighborhood EMT, Jake, also known as jwit94 on Instagram. He's on the front lines saving lives, studying to become a doctor, taking amazing photography, and in the few minutes he has in between all of that, he's making beautiful latte art. Hope you enjoyed that bag of Ruya coffee I sent you. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, now would be a great time for you to let the people you love know that you're thinking about them. There are many opinions on this entire situation being hurled in all directions, many of which we might not agree with. But it is important to remember that ultimately, we are all in this together and we are all fighting for the same thing. Alrighty everyone, take care. Bye.